Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Inner Peace. In this podcast, Eckhart elaborates on the path toward inner peace. He shares how we can align ourselves with what he calls the isness of the present moment and unburden ourselves from unnecessary thinking. Eckhart says, we are here primarily to awaken to who we are beyond our three-dimensional form. That is the only way to lead a truly satisfying life and to reach what Eckhart describes as timeless consciousness. The good news is, according to the weather forecast, the sun is going to come out shortly before sunset. (laughs) (laughs) And the other good news is, it doesn't really matter what the weather is like out there. Being independent of external conditions, not reactive to external conditions, accepting of external conditions, because they already are, the isness of things, here and now. That's the quickest way to inner peace, is to align yourself with the isness of what is, even if you think it requires some action to do something about it, but in the meantime it is, then you can do something. Not about the weather, probably. You can try through focused power of consciousness. Not impossible but unnecessary. And that's also a quick way to not being burdened by unnecessary thinking, to align yourself with the isness. And then there isn't that much to think about unless it's a constructive thing. The problem needs to be solved, a so-called problem. We are primarily here to deepen our realization of who we are beyond form. Both the Buddha and Jesus talked about an inner dimension that is formless, that you need to realize in order to become free of complete dependency on the forms that your life takes. The Buddha talked about what's traditionally translated as emptiness, as the essential condition, the essential you, Better translation would have been, now we have got emptiness in all the scriptures that's been translated, but spaciousness or formlessness would have been a better translation. Jesus talks about the the sky that's within you, that's another word for heaven, the kingdom of the sky, translated into more modern terminology, the dimension of spaciousness. 
The kingdom of heaven is the old translation. This is hard to relate to nowadays, kingdom of heaven. If he had been speaking today, he would have said the dimension of spaciousness. Because when you look up at the sky, you see spaciousness, especially when it's not cloudy. The clouds kind of represent the thoughts in your consciousness, and the sky is the vast expanse without which there wouldn't be any room for the clouds. <laughs> there couldn't be any clouds. So the empty sky is spacious. Now, an interesting thing about the sky is, although we have a word for it, it doesn't actually exist in the world of forms, because if you ever traveled upwards and wanted to encounter the sky, you would never find it, because there is no such thing as the sky, really. <laughs> so you can't say, oh, here's the sky, I'm touching it now, or, or you can't even say, I'm in the sky, where? It's just a way of perceiving the spaciousness, we call it sky, and the, the color blue appears because of the juxtaposition of the sunlight and the blackness of space behind it in some strange way. But the main thing is, there isn't a thing that's the sky. So very cleverly, Jesus used that because he was trying to point to something that is very hard to point to using concepts and words. So he chose the most suitable pointer in the language, in words, that he could find. And the most suitable one that he could find to point to this inner dimension in, that is in every human being, but ignored and unknown to most humans. So to point to it, he chose sky, because he realized, just like that inner dimension of spaciousness, you can never actually pinpoint it and say, I've got it, I have got it there would already be a duality of it, the spaciousness, and I. <laughs> but the spaciousness is the essence of I. There's no duality there. You can never say, here it is, and this is another thing that he actually said. Some things that you read in the New Testament, I can feel very strongly he actually almost literally said that. Then there are other things that were distorted when they started writing it down. And then there are other things that he never said, but somebody said it might be a good idea if he had said that. <laughs> <laughs> so the kingdom of heaven, you, you can never say in a free translation, he said, oh, it's over there, or oh, it's over there, look, here it is. You can never say that because it is within you. In the same way, consciousness, which is what we are talking about. Consciousness is the formless consciousness. That's the essence of who you are. It cannot become an object of knowledge, like everything else can, where you have, you are the perceiving or the acting subject. I see the chair. I realize consciousness. You can't really say that because consciousness is the primordial subject of all experience. It cannot be an object in your experience. That's an interesting thing. So 
in the form identified consciousness, you become an object to yourself. In ego, you have a relationship with yourself. And when you realize the essence of who you are, you realize yourself as consciousness, which is not an object. It's the I, the most fundamental subject of all experience. So let's, an example. Some people say, I'm looking for myself, I'm looking for my real self, I'm looking for something more real than what I know about myself. There must be a deeper dimension and I'm looking for it. Other people might say they're looking for God or for realization of God, looking for something. And when you become aware of that in you that's looking, without having found any answer, without having found anything, and you're still looking for that thing, God, your true self, where is it? I haven't found it. And then the mind stops. And then you realize all the consciousness behind the looking is what you were looking for. But the consciousness became thought and then you believed that there's something external to look for. So this is very hard to put into words, but when the mind stops, what's left is just the spaciousness of consciousness. And that is the substratum, to use a geological term, of everything, of all experience. And that is the most liberating thing, the only truly liberating thing is to realize in essence you are formless consciousness. And then the seeking stops. You no longer need to look for your true self or God because you realize that is the essence. Is now, you might say, do you then realize that you are God? I wouldn't put it like that. It's a little bit like you realize that you are, let's use an analogy, you are a ray of sunlight and as this ray of sunlight, you've always been looking out here, so you are the little ray of sunlight, thinking you're an independent entity with other rays of sunlight <laughs> so everywhere around you and they're all looking for things. And then the ray of sunlight that considers itself to be an independent entity, autonomous, having certain relationships with other rays of sunlight and even with itself, the me, becomes still for a moment and then realizes there is a depth to who I am that goes all the way back to the sun. But you can only realize that when you stop thinking. Then you become aware, the ray of sunlight, you, become aware of your own depths. There's no end to, to you. There isn't this finite little thing. As the, mind, the thinking mind stops, there is a, suddenly a depth. And in that you realize that you are not a disconnected fragment that has been thrown into this universe by some malignant deity that enjoys your suffering. <laughs> no, but that you are an essential part of the universe. You haven't been thrown into the universe. 
you have come out of the universe. And so in this analogy, you have come out of the sun. And as the mind stops, and then you, you can actually sense how far you go back, but there's no distance. You are actually never, never separate from the sun. The ray of sunlight realizes suddenly that it is still actually part of the sun. Nobody can say where the sun actually finishes. It doesn't have a, a boundary, so this, the light that reaches us from the sun, one could say, is still part of the sun. We are all within this vast energy field of the sun. This is an analogy. Sun is the closest you can get in the sense-perceived universe to the source of all life, because in the sense-perceived universe here, the sun is the source of all life. The very heat in your body comes actually from the sun. All the energy we use is stored up energy from the sun. One day we'll find a way of using sun energy in a much more intelligent way than, than fossil fuels and so on, but that's another matter. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. <laughs> the ray of sunlight realizes that it's still connected to this vastness to the source, and that's the self-realization of the ray of sunlight, that it was never separate and could not even exist as a separate entity. It's totally impossible. And then the ray of sunlight actually becomes a much more peaceful and relaxed being while it's still there. I'm talking about you, of course, because you've realized without any needing to convince yourself of anything or take up some new belief. No, through actual direct realization, you realize your connectedness with something very deep. So you're not just a little person. You're also the kingdom of heaven, or as the Buddha called it, spaciousness, sunyata. So there's two of you, and this is not an ultimate truth, ultimately there's only one. But temporarily, it sometimes helps to have a certain perspective on things. There's two of you, that which expresses itself in form, the physical body and all the stuff that's in your mind and in your emotional field, that all that makes up the person that has a limited lifespan. Even if there's a continuation of that after the body dissolves, it has a limited lifespan because no form is permanent, so all forms are continuously changing. 
it would be dreadful if you survived as this personality that you are now. I mean, who would want to be the same personality for centuries and millennia? There is an evolution of consciousness. So the body is short-lived, that which is beyond the body may continue for a while as it continues on its journey of self-realization. But you are that which is the form identity and more essentially you are that essence identity, the two. And all the great spiritual teachings, all they do is point to the possibility for you to realize that there's more to you than meets the eye to use an expression. What meets the eye is first when you see another human being or you look in the mirror or you look down yourself. What meets the eye is first the physical body. Then what meets the eye, metaphorically speaking, when you meet another human being is their personality, that how they act, what they say, how they behave. That's already unseen, but it manifests in the scene, so it meets the eye. That's all the form of the person and your own form. And all spiritual teachings really come down to somebody trying to show you that there is another dimension to who you are. And whether they call it the kingdom of heaven that's within you or the emptiness that's the essence of who you are. Or in other teachings, the true self. In India, they talk about the, the true self or the self, it's sometimes called, and then people who haven't had any, not even a glimpse of a realization, they may be religious scholars, they say that Hinduism, the Hindu talk of a true self, or the great self, and the Buddhist teachings of no self is totally opposite. They don't realize that they're talking about the same thing from a different perspective. When Buddha talks about the unreality of the self, he's talking about the unreality of your form identity, the dreamlike nature of your form identity. And in order to get you to realize your essence identity, he talked about inner spaciousness. And what is meditation all about that he taught is to help you stop the mind not as an active thing, but as a relinquishing. And then there's the spaciousness. And then you know who you are without having added any concept in your mind to who you are. <laughs> when we think of knowing who you are, we think you must know more about you, but that's not that knowing. <laughs> if you want to know more about you, then you'd have to perhaps go to psychoanalysis, and then you can delve deeply into your form identity. Many things will come up, but eventually you'd have to go deeper beyond that in order to be free of complete identification with form. So let me just remind you that the essential practice is to relinquish thinking, not by falling below thinking, but by rising above thinking. Some of you are already advanced enough, presence, there's enough presence power in you that you can actually, by choice, say, there's nothing to think about and I won't think for a while now. 
and then you can even do things in that state of complete inner alert stillness. Prepare a cup of tea and every movement happens against the background of alert stillness. Walk from point A to point B and every step happens against this background of alert stillness. Look around you, whatever it may be, in a room or outside, perceive everything with your senses and all the sense perceptions happen against this background of alert stillness without any mental commentary. And you know what you're looking at without imposing any mental label on it. When you look at a tree, you don't impose the label tree on it, but you know that you're looking at a manifestation of life. The moment you put a label on it, we, of course we need labels on a certain level, but we also need not to be trapped in the labels that we have given things. We need to be able to use the mental labels when they are needed, but to be entirely trapped in the mental labels that we've given to everything, that's a dreadful limitation. Everything is absolutely mysterious. Everything is miraculous and mysterious. And when you put a label on it, a mental label, you think you know what it is. But you don't, it's just a mental label. So to really get to an inner realization of, of a tree, for example, you have to let go of the labels. And then you can sense there's more to the tree than when you utter the word tree than you think you know. But there's a depth to that. It's an alive being also. And I'm using just tree as an example. So to be, be able to, this is the practice, inviting presence, thoughtless awareness into your life as much as possible and see how much more enjoyable things become, how you notice things around you that before were meaningless, you didn't ever look at them. You notice beauty in many places that would be called ordinary, not just beauty in things that are absolutely stand out, but beauty in seemingly unremarkable things and aliveness in seemingly inanimate things. And that comes when you perceive the world against this background of alert inner stillness. In those times the personality recedes. Occasionally certain thoughts may come and then they go away again and then there's the spaciousness is back. So you'll be amazed how as you become more familiar with that state of alert stillness how that changes how you experience life. So you no longer experience life only as that old person that you've been stuck with since you were born. <laughs> you honor that because that's your form identity and that person can also improve. It can learn things. It can improve in many ways. It can play in the world of form. But then the wonderful thing is the, the formless self or no self and who you are as a person do not remain separate. There isn't that there are times when you are completely in the formless, still and alert, 
And then there are other times when you are involved in thinking, there's the possibility of bringing the two together and that happens kind of naturally after a while as you invite the alert stillness into your life more often, then you'll notice that even when you think, you continue to be aware of the tiniest gaps in between your thoughts, like now, and then I speak again, and then there's another little gap. And in that you're aware of the gaps between thoughts and you're aware, so to speak, also of a background to all thinking, that's the, the large stillness is still there. And then you could engage in a discussion with someone without losing yourself in the stream of thinking, of mind, and without identifying with any mental position, which is seeking your identity to reinforce, to strengthen your identity by defending your mental position about something. You don't need it anymore because you realize no mental position is your true identity. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. You can still have mental positions, but without the self in them. So there's no longer a sense of me or self in your mental. You can, why not keep your opinions? Everybody has certain perspective on things. You have a certain perspective on whatever, politics, philosophy, spirituality. That's fine. You're not looking for an identity anymore in being right about something. It still put forward your viewpoint because you're in touch with a more, more essential identity, and that's the stillness behind your thinking and in between the thoughts. So you can sense an alertness even while you speak in the background and in between. So the two dimensions come together, and so the way in which you use your mind changes. In fact, you're now able to use your mind, you as the consciousness, the mind is connected, linking into that deeper dimension of no thought, which is primordial intelligence. That's where all creative insight comes from. And then your mind becomes a much more helpful tool, and it can create, it can manifest things. But what it manifests comes from the consciousness rather than a little person that thinks, I need to manifest this or that in order to be happy. And of course, once you have manifested it, 
you're happy for a little while and then you're unhappy again, needing something else to manifest. And now I need this, okay, I've got the house now, now I need the relationship, and then I need that, and then I need to be recognized by people. There's no end to it. And the more you have achieved on the level of form, the more you realize that that's not it. So the two dimensions of you, here we are primarily concerned with the formless dimension, because that's what spirituality is about. There are many other things where you can, you can go to workshops to learn how to improve your form identity, how to strengthen that. You can do it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fine too, that has, has its place also. You could go to that kind of workshop. As long as you're in touch with something deeper, you can try it. So there is a place for manifesting on the level of form because the universe is manifesting continuously on the level of form. So if we realize that we can manifest things on the level of form, that's a wonderful realization through the power of thinking. The question is, do you know yourself only as form or do you know yourself also as the formless? If you know yourself also as the formless consciousness, then actually what happens is the formless consciousness inspires you to manifest certain things. Not the ego anymore. The ego says, I need this to be happy, and then I need that to be happy, and then I need to get rid of that to be happy. But that primordial intelligence, if you are in touch with that as your essence, that can inspire you, your mind, to manifest what it wants to manifest. Because the universe delights in manifestation. As you can see when you look at the life forms on this planet alone, in the sea. I don't know how many, maybe a million different life forms in the sea alone, and on land, and in the seen and the unseen. The universe must delight in creation and exploring, and, and every life form is an expression of the one consciousness exploring the universe that it created in different ways. A fly that's flying around here is another expression of the one consciousness, and really is another universe. The fly doesn't experience the universe that we experience. It's in the same place, but it experiences something different as the one consciousness all these temporary forms. And that's the leela, the divine play of forms. What in India is called the leela, the divine play. And we can participate in that divine play, become co-creators, and that is part of our destiny, that a point will come when human consciousness will be able to manifest forms very easily. So there is the creation of the universe, I call that the outgoing movement of the universe into manifestation. And then there is the ingoing movement of the universe. It's the universe also wants to know itself, its own essence, and it does that through you and through me. How do I know all this? I know this because 
I have observed the two movements within myself. I am a microcosm of the macrocosm. You can discover all the secrets of the universe by looking into yourself. So I can find within myself the sometimes the desire to create and to manifest, and then there comes a seemingly contradictory desire to return to the source, to become still. You don't need anything anymore. You just are totally, totally at peace in that beautiful stillness. That's your return. The universe realizes itself as the underlying formless consciousness. When you realize the underlying formless consciousness that is the essence of who you are, it's not really you realizing it, because you are only the universe appearing temporarily as this particular person, but it's only a temporary appearance. So when you realize your own essence as consciousness, that's the universe is realizing its own essence as consciousness, because you are the universe, an essential part of the universe. So there is no personal realization, really. There's universal realization. It's a miraculous thing. And so the universe wants seemingly contradictory things. There's a cycle. It seems perhaps scientists have had some glimpse of the truth when they say the universe expands and then at some point it starts to contract again. And then at some point it disappears into the nothingness out of which it all came. It's like the heartbeat or the in-breath and the out-breath. The universe goes into multiplicity, creation, billions and billions, count trillions of life forms. There's a cycle for humans too when they go out and then comes the cycle of returning home to the source. But if you hadn't gone out, you wouldn't realize your own source. So they depend on each other. The creation and the outgoing movement and the return movement. And you can find that in your own life. It may well be that we are drawn to the return movement of self-realization as consciousness because the universe is beginning to go in that direction after billions of years of, of creation. And then, and then comes a period, and this would be a miraculous period on this planet, on many other planets, when humans, as expressions of the one consciousness, are in connection with the source while they are engaged in creation, rather than, as it happens until very recently, losing yourself in your creations, losing yourself in the mind, losing touch with the source of who you are, and losing yourself in stuff out there, your mind primarily, and, and thinking everything else is out, all the answers are out there, and this is who you're fighting out there against them, this and that. And this is a dream, the dream of consciousness, the dream of the universe, and the universe wanted to experience in order to really experience the dream, you need to be, believe that it's absolutely real. 
So it needs to go out there and lose itself. And every life form, then, to some extent, the humans mostly see themselves as totally separate against all the others. It's, it's part of the dream. And then the dream gradually comes to an end, and then the awakening begins. And in the middle of the dream, you start to realize something. Oh, the source. And you become still, and then awareness arises. And that spiritual awakening for the human being, and it's a spiritual awakening of the universe. <laughs> Your spiritual awakening is the spiritual awakening of the universe. And then the awareness comes, and then you begin to live with awareness, rather than losing yourself in every mind form, in every perception, in every drama. Lucid living, it's a bit like you, we all know about lucid dreaming, which happens when in the middle of a dream at night, you suddenly know, oh, this is a dream. This is quite an interesting realization. But here we have, as the awareness arises, which we call spiritual awakening, you can have lucid living, which means you still participate in this ultimate dream of form, the dream of life, and yet you're aware of your own essence as the timeless space without which there couldn't be any dream. It's the very condition for any dream even to exist. That's lucid living, when you're not drawn totally anymore into all the creations of your mind, you're able to play with it. And that would bring, when more humans are able to, to live in that way, then we can engage in joyful creation of things, not the neediness. When you, joyful creation, enjoy the beauty and multiplicity of the universe and of our own creations without self-seeking, which is of the ego. So we no longer create in the service of the ego, but as expressions of the one consciousness, delighting in conscious creation. And that's already part of the return journey. I'm saying this just to point to the fact that the change in consciousness that's happening in you is a universal movement, it's not just a personal thing. It would not happen if it were not part of a larger movement, universal movement of awakening. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. So there are probably countless life forms awakening elsewhere in our galaxy and many other galaxies, and some probably started to awaken a long time ago who would now look at us as, oh, these poor little things, they're only just beginning. <laughs> That's okay. Now, not each one of you, not every one of you is able to yet step into no thought without some kind of help. 
Meditation is designed to help you with that. But as you probably know, the main thing I recommend is to have some attention in the inner energy field of your body. And that keeps thought at bay in a gentle, non-violent way. Not willpower, it involves no willpower. So it involves just a decision that right now you would prefer to be alert and still and not be thinking. And that decision you could arrive at because you've realized that, let's say, for the past hour you've been engaged in futile, useless thinking that all it did was make you unhappy. And suddenly the awareness is there again that had been temporarily lost. And you say, what's all this futile thinking about? It's just making me unhappy. It has no point whatsoever. And then a decision comes to, to not to think. Because you realize there is another dimension in you that is deeper than thinking. So you okay, I'd rather be there than up there in the mind. And how can I get there? Because the mind will have its momentum. Your presence power, so to speak, is already quite developed. You may find it very hard to stop the momentum once it started. To stop the momentum of thinking, there's an enormous pull, a gravitational pull behind it. And for some, if, the, if presence power is not yet that developed, you can say, I, I need to stop thinking, but I can't, because it goes on and on, and I can't stop it. It's like a river. You can't get out of this raging river. It drags you along, especially when you're stuck in a train of negative thinking or fearful thinking or angry thinking. You don't even want to get out because you're so identified with the stream of thinking that your sense of self is in it, and you don't want to lose that sense of self. It's a fictitious sense of self, but it's a sense of self. <laughs> and so you, you don't want to stop your train of angry thinking. You want more angry thinking. And if possible, you're looking for more feedback from others to, to reinforce your angry thinking. I, want an, I need another argument. And after you've walked back out of the room, after a, a one-hour argument, you walk back into the room because you haven't had enough. You need to talk to that person again. <laughs> oh, one more thing I want to tell you. <laughs> and, and even when that person is no longer there, you're still thinking, and then you, you need to pick up the phone and tell your friend about it. And then you repeat the whole argument you just had and how right you are and how wrong the other person was. And then when you hang up the phone, it still goes on in your head. The, the enormous, and at that moment to tell somebody you need to stop thinking would be futile. The person doesn't even want to stop thinking because that person is the thinking. <laughs> Total identification with thought. <laughs> so there needs to be a realization. Some awareness needs to be there it's totally pointless to talk to anybody about stopping thinking without having at least some access to awareness, maybe not in the moment of enormously empowered thinking, and empowered not in a good way, but the awareness needs to bear that what's going on inside me right now, and then at some point you might be able to realize what's happening to you. <laughs> it's happening to you. You didn't actually do it, it just happened to you because you're being 
possessed by your mind. And then at some point you realize that there is a choice. Perhaps not when you're in the middle of it. At some point a very strong mind stream subsides. You might get tired of it. And then it goes and then finally you go, oops, oh. And then do I choose to carry on? Does it make me feel happy? No, it doesn't. I thought it did because I felt so good to be angry about that. But it's not, doesn't make you feel, the body doesn't really feel, if you asked your body, it would tell you this feels horrible. But of course, if you're not in touch with your body, you're only up here, you don't even know that. And then at some moment, the choice comes in. At other moments, the choice may come much more quickly because it's just the usual stream of, of futile, in the middle of the night you wake up, the usual stream of futile thinking, no, no, no. And then awareness comes in, there's a choice, and then a decision comes. And that decision is just no willpower, it's just a decision. I'd rather be still than not be thinking. And once you know that, then you can take your attention into the inner energy field of the body. That's your choice. Instead of giving more attention to your thinking, you just take your attention into the inner energy field of the body and suddenly you feel the aliveness that pervades the entire body. So you have taken consciousness away from the mind and put it in here and you can't think that much anymore. You can't feel the body and be engaged in a lot of thinking. And if you really fully experience the aliveness in the inner body, the mind stops. And so that becomes an anchor for awareness, an anchor for presence. Even if you cannot feel the entire body, it would be enough to just go into your hands with your attention, just take consciousness into your hands and feel the aliveness in your hands, that alone can take attention away from useless thinking and you continue to feel, because that is part of experiencing the present moment, which actually feels quite good. It feels good to be alive. That's an amazing realization. So inner body or even just a part of the body, the totality of the body is best if you can. It's not that difficult. You start with one part, hands, and you can I feel my feet also? Yeah, I can feel hands and feet. Can I feel my legs? Yeah, a little bit less, but, and then the totality of, oh, okay, I got it. You might also notice that you're breathing then, which is the other way it can be combined with body awareness, but breathing is the other way of taking attention away from the mind. The most ancient meditation method is breath awareness, because breath awareness takes attention away from thinking, but keeps you alert. And it, breath happens all the time. And breath is virtually formless, so it's easier to get in touch with a formless consciousness by placing attention on the formless breath. Other meditation objects are clearly defined in form. You can have an object that you focus on, you can have a mental object that you focus on, you can have a mantra that you focus on. Those can work too, but they are more clearly defined in form. 
where's the breast you can't say here it is it's semi-formless or formless so to place attention on that which can also automatically bring you in touch with the body the in-breast it's so beautiful to have attention on your breast and the out-breast and immediately your mind becomes still so you can either be thinking or can have your attention on your breathing but you can't have both <laughs> the moment you think you're not aware of your breath anymore and that also really applies to the inner body to have full attention in the inner body you can't be thinking so those two things which are really closely linked breath awareness you can make it into a meditation so you can sit in meditation and then you can observe the ingoing and outgoing breaths. You can also observe the gaps between the ingoing and outgoing breaths. You breathe out. Brief gap of nothingness. And then you start breathing in again. A brief gap of neither in nor out. And the cycle continues. I read somewhere that the Buddha said, if you're aware of your breath for one hour, I don't know if they even had hours at the time, so I, but if, you are, if you're aware of your breath for one hour, you'll be completely enlightened. But if you lose it, you have to start from the beginning again. <laughs> Just one thought coming in, okay, start all over. <laughs> okay, I can see one or two of you saying, I'm going to do that. Let's take a moment of stillness. A few more minutes of stillness. If you are still thinking, remember, put your attention on your breath or the inner body or both. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey. And you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.